All right, get a hold of yourself. Settle down. Come on. Settle down. We got some important things to get into. Okay, first of all, firefighters are amazing. Damn. These people just go right into it. They just go right into nature, ready to battle the blazes. And the blazes are blazing. Last night, my wife and I are watching the news unfold in the Sierras as the Caldor Fire just goes and goes and goes. Over 200,000 acres burned, and it's going, and it's going, and the Caldor Fire is heading down into South Lake Tahoe. This resort area with the Hard Rock, Harvey's, Harrah's, this area, it's currently being threatened. Have you seen the photos of South Lake Tahoe? Just tinted orange. Orange and ash, and everyone's gone. It's a ghost town. With Labor Day coming up, which is one of the hot weekends to be in Tahoe, the idea that they just told tens of thousands of people to get the fuck out, and uh, I don't know if you can come back, is haunting to me. You see the footage of all of these people just jumping in their cars and getting on Highway 50, and it's just straight-up smoky gridlock traffic, bumper-to-bumper, You want to have a little panic attack? Just look at that type of traffic getting out of South Lake Tahoe this week. And it's one of those news stories where I just couldn't stop refreshing and refreshing. How close is it to the lake? How many structures have burned? And you're just hoping and praying that it could be contained a little bit. You're always looking for the percentages of containment. And it doesn't look good. It just hasn't looked good for a few days. And this brought up the idea of humans sometimes create a false sense of safety. Like I act like I'm just watching it on the news. And even though I can smell the wildfires, sometimes in my own home, I feel safe still. I go, well, we're untouchable. But look around. I'm in a neighborhood nestled into the hills. And my wife and I are discussing this like, is it going to one day come into our neighborhood? Are we going to just have to pack up the car? You know, these morbid thoughts. And then today, in the weirdest coincidence ever, The closest hills to us, this area behind Mount Lassen and Lucas Valley, San Rafael, I'm getting very specific right now, but just up in flames, just a day later, and I'm reading the article. My buddy Rick texts me a photo just from his home, not like a screen grab from a news article, but just, hey, look outside. Those hills near us, they're on fire. Started off at two acres burning, and then I refreshed the story, and it's 20 acres burning And now sheriffs are going up and down the streets telling people to evacuate. In real time, as I'm reading this article, MarinIJ.com, just reading this article, it says the specific street that will be evacuated. Yep, that's the house I grew up in. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the house my mom currently lives in. And yeah, there's the text message. Hey, Josh, I think I'm going to come over. I was like, yeah, I think you are too. What kind of horror movie did we stumble into with this one? Yet at this point, I'm not worried. And that's crazy because I'm a worrier. But at this point, I'm still like, yeah, just come over. They'll lift the evacuation in a few hours. Your home will be fine. Which was the case. That's why I'm saying firefighters are amazing. They were incredible today. Any further damage would have just been so unfathomable. To picture that fire creeping in to the residential areas. I mean, I, I didn't allow my mind to go there. And I can allow my mind to go to some dark places, but I didn't even get there. So I remained in good spirits. She was over here for a few hours, had dinner. She got an alert. You can come back home. Said, all right, there it is. 
and now it's contained and we move on with our lives. But do we really just move on with our lives feeling so safe now? If you're living in California, how do you feel? How do you feel? Safe? Do you watch the television and go, oh, that's them, but not us? Oh, that's them throughout the Sierras, but not us. Or do you say, isn't it going to be us? I'm being objective. This is not an anxiety-fueled rant. I'm just being objective. For all of us living in these towns nestled into the hills throughout California, isn't it going to be us at some point? Calling some relative or friend a little bit east, saying, hey, we're coming. We got the kids. We got some clothes. We got the pets. Shit. Do you realize I didn't even mean to start episode 153 with any sort of heavy thoughts? Didn't even mean to. But I guess you got to go off the cuff. Whatever is at the surface of your thoughts, you just got to talk about. Oh, you had a plan? Yeah? You had a plan for episode 153? And then all of a sudden, the hills around you erupted in flames? All right. We're fine. Lake Tahoe, though? I don't know. The images just look like special effects. They just look like Hollywood special effects. And of course... The news stations are sending reporters right into it. That's right, Tom. The ash you could see behind me, we don't need the reporters. We'll take your word for it. It's hot. It's ashy. It's smoky. Evacuate. Go back to the studio. We've seen the footage. We've seen the photos. We don't need the reporter. Yes, Don, it is creeping into our area, and we are terrified, but I think I'll go into the Mont Blue Casino and roll some craps, because, hey... Fuck it. Uh, Marie, I don't think you can say fuck it on live TV. Are you hearing anything else about the evacuations out there? Uh, no, I mean it when I say fuck it. Uh, this is not a job I've ever wanted. Just trying to please my parents. And I went into communications. Accidentally interned at this little station in Nevada. And they elevated me to be a reporter in South Lake Tahoe today. But Don, I mean it when I say fuck you and fuck everybody. I'm going into the Mont Blue to spend my last paycheck at the craps table. Back to you in the studio. Okay, uh, I hope we censored some of that. I, uh, I like when the news anchors look confused. I uh, <laughs> wasn't expecting that, but uh, yeah, most people are just on Twitter. Where's the rain? They were using the snowmakers, the fake snowmakers, to battle the blazes around Sierra. Give me some rain. Give me a flood. Give me all the water. Actually, no, that's stupid. If I say give me all the water, then you just keep scrolling through the global news and there's floods all over the place. Floods and floods and hurricanes. But we know what to do, right? With a flood, with a giant flood, don't we get on an ark? Isn't that what we learned in the Bible? Is Noah's ark in the Bible? Is that based on a true story? Actually, no, I think Noah's Ark uh, was a script. Wasn't that a mob movie, like a Scorsese movie? Noah's Ark. What was his last name? You saw this movie, right? I think it was Noah Fredlizio. I got the script right here. I got my daughter's books right here. I'm going to get it. Here we go, baby. PJ Library. Noah's Ark by Susan Collins Toms. Yeah, I guess not the Bible. It's by Susan Collins Toms, illustrated by Naoko Stoop. This book is on my daughter's shelf. But yeah, I think it was originally a mob movie. One day uh, long ago, God told Noah, 
Go build a boat, you bastard. How big, asked Noah. Big enough for lots of animals, you shit for brains. And then God took his two fingers and he pokes Noah in the chest and he says, How about two of every kind? Whoa, 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 God. Uh, that means we'll need a pretty big ark. So Noah and his family got to work. Then the animals come two by two, hopping, creeping, flying, leaping, all bullshitting along the way, going up the ramp into that boat. A couple of gazelles, hyenas, coyotes, rhinos, they all show up. They settle into the ark, pushing and shoving. Noah pulls out a giant baseball bat and he sends a message to every animal by whacking a zebra. <laughs> by whacking a zebra right upside the head. Boom, bang, bam, raindrops begin to fall. Noah closes the ark and says, All right, fuck faces, get ready. For 40 days and 40 nights it rains and rains, turning the earth into a giant ocean. Hey, you like that, big elephants? Go tell the penguins to shut the fuck up. We're trying to sleep in here. You got the flamingos on their one foot trying to make everybody laugh. I'll split their nuts off the side of their feathers. The ark rocks like a cradle. Vavoosh, vavoosh, back and forth. The skunks are seasick. They're spraying everybody. It's getting gross. Inside, the animals all lulled to sleep. <sniffs> says the big bear. Shut that shit up, says the tortoise, snuggling, nosing, dreaming, and dozing. Now the rain stops. Oh, who gives a shit? Slowly, slowly, the water goes down. Noah sends a dove to look for land. Hey, the dove comes back with an olive branch, and everybody cheers like a bunch of morons. Oh, look at this stupid fucking dove. He's got an olive branch. Where are the olives? No one needs a martini. Oh, the boat comes to rest on dry land. Noah opens the door. All the animals stumble out of this ark, two by two, looking like a bunch of drunk sailors. Take a look at the tigers. These guys are fucking nuts. Rolling, racing, pouncing, chasing. What's going on? The polar bears need to find a little ice tub. All sorts of horses start galloping away and Noah's like, what the hell just happened in there? Couple of monkeys making love under a parrot cage. I don't want to talk about it. This is just from the script, by the way. First rainbow stretches across the sky. Red, orange, yellow, green, and fucking blue. I'm just reading the script. A sign of God's blessing, says Noah. We can begin life again in this fresh new world. Who's coming with me? All right, curtains on that. Roll the credits. I don't know. Was that a Bible story? A mob movie? I think we all understand the point is that uh, we do need some water. Give me a little manageable flood. Actually, doesn't that book, doesn't that script make it sound like a very manageable flood? You got all the animals on a boat. Everyone's fine. Nobody really even barfed. No one got seasick. And in the end, the olive branch arrives in a dove's mouth and they think, hey, we're fine. That's what I want right now. Give me a manageable flood. Maybe we'll all have to miss a few days of work. But I'm just sick of this dry, hot air. This dry, hot, ashy air. That is the recipe for depression. Hey, Josh, you haven't even mentioned COVID-19. I'm not going to mention the pandemic. That's my promise to you, episode 153. I'm going to do this episode 
as if we're not even in a pandemic anymore. I'm not wearing a mask right now as I record this. I'm not thinking about the Delta variant. We're just moving on. We're moving on to a pretty important question, actually. All right? You answer this. You answer this honestly. Do you or do you not think Don Williams could write a love song? All right, did I go too fast? Do I have to slow down? I'll ask again. Do you think or do you not think old Don Williams could write a love song? What is he talking about? Who's Don Williams? Oh, who's Don Williams? God, you look like such a fool right now. No, no, no. Don't Google. Don't Google who's Don Williams. If you don't have Don Williams in your heart and soul right now, then you're living an empty life. And I'm not trying to be antagonistic. I'm not trying to point the finger anywhere. But Don Williams is a way of life. He's not just a country singer. All right. Don Williams single-handedly revolutionized the world of love songs. Do you even know what a love song is? If you don't know who Don Williams is, I don't think you know what a love song is. If I give you a little sample of Don Williams and how this man captures love in his songs, I want you to get some Kleenex because you're about to cry. Okay, let me start there. You got to get some Kleenex, wipe the tears, because old Don has written some lyrics that are going to touch you in ways you haven't been touched. They're going to move you in ways you haven't been moved. How did I stumble upon this singer, songwriter, troubadour legend? I don't know, some Spotify algorithm brought Don's songs to my attention. But now I listen to Don morning, noon, and night as I make breakfast, as I drive into work, as I leave work, as I cook dinner, as I go to sleep. It's all Don all the time. And I don't just like him. I envy him. I want to be him. I'm curious, how many cigarettes would I need to smoke to have a voice like this? How much whiskey would I need every day? Whiskey and cigarettes, like a full commitment to whiskey and cigarettes every day until I get a voice like this. Let him know, Don. You placed gold on my finger. You brought love like I've never known. You gave life to our children and to me a reason to go on. You choked up yet? You're my bread when I'm hungry. You're my shelter from troubled winds. You're my in life's ocean But most of all You're my best friend Alright, alright. Let's just take a moment to reflect. Or actually, let me give you a moment to wipe those tears. That's as beautiful as a love song gets, right? We're just all going to agree with that. Okay, the lyrics are amazing. The melody is sweet. And you realize... Don has a wife on the receiving end of that. Let's really break that down for a moment. That could apply to a lot of couples in love. But there's really one woman 
that song was intended for. I'm guessing that Don had a strategy. And he's like, look, I have a gift. I have a gift. I could write love songs at a very high level. Therefore, I don't want to hear it if I mess up with anything else in life. I mean, Don Williams' wife, sure, she's touched. But you know there have been times where she's like, Don, you haven't taken out the damn trash in three weeks. You're playing fantasy football with your friends. You haven't really helped out with the kids throughout the whole football season. Don, you make our toilet look like a Jackson Pollock painting. Can you aim a little bit? Don, I asked you to go out for cat food a few days ago and you came back seven hours later plastered out of your mind smelling like Jack Daniels. Don, damn it, can you get your act together? And you know Don just picked up his guitar and said, young lady, when I need hope and inspiration, you're always strong when I'm tired and weak. I could search this whole world over. You'd still be everything that I need. And she's like, all right, Don. All right, I guess I could have gotten the cat food, and I hope your fantasy football team is doing well. And you know something? I realize you enjoy being at the bar with your buddies, so I can adapt. And you know something? I have cleaning supplies. I'll take care of the toilet. And I suppose I could have one of our kids take out the trash. Oh, Don runs into his arms for a big-ass kiss. If you write love songs like that, you could be shitty at everything else. I mean, that man is a strategist. That's not just beautiful music, but you know his wife can't get mad at him. She might try. She might try. Like, let's just say he drives the Cadillac through the garage door, right? And she's like, Don! Jesus, Don! Look what you did! And he's like, honey, grabs his guitar. Coffee black, cigarette, start this day. Like all the rest First thing every morning that I do Is start missing you Some broken hearts never mend Some memories never end Some tears will never dry My love for you and you know right as he hits that lyric my love for you will never die she looks at that broken garage door and she's like well i guess uh, i could attempt to fix it tomorrow all right sleep well donnie that's just next level when it comes to writing love songs i'll be honest not my genre never heard of the guy but in the last two weeks now that i've heard of him I love him. Googled him. He died a few years ago, so that made me sad. Because you know if I had a chance to see Don Williams live in concert, oh, I'd be like, 
teenage girls seeing the Beatles. Beatlemania. Be like Elvis to me in his heyday. But now that Don's dead, doesn't somebody need to take the reins? Should it be me? Should I commit to a life of cigarettes, coffee, and whiskey? I think I might have to. Don, tell them what you do in the morning. Coffee black. I know. Cigarette. Okay. Start this day like all the rest. That's kind of mysterious, Don. Start the day like all the rest. Just walking out into the kitchen butt naked with a cowboy hat on. Cigarette hanging off the side of his lip. Filling the biggest thermos of coffee you've ever seen. Trying to piece together the night before and then... Yeah, I think I'm just going to pick up the guitar. Do my magic. What a sweet man. What a sweetie. Let me get a documentary on Don. I need to know more. If I only know the lyrics, I need to know more. And we have entered a time where there's just documentaries on everybody with all the footage you never thought that there was. But there is. And all the editing and production value. Have you seen Val? The Val Kilmer documentary? That'll evoke some emotion. It's really good. Even the process of just picking a movie now. You never just scroll and start something, right? You might see something and it looks appealing and then you go to your phone, right? You Google Rotten Tomatoes or you read a whole article. Oh, what did Variety say about it? Text a friend. Hey, have you seen this? Have you seen Val? Watch a trailer. It takes like 20 minutes to commit to something. Is it just me? You're scrolling through your thousand channels and your 50 streaming services. Something looks good. You don't just press play. You gotta do a forensic analysis. All right, whoa, 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 what's this about? Do you remember what it was like back in the day? You just walk into a video store, knew nothing about a movie, but if you like the cover, this is just me, late 80s, silver screen or flicks, you go inside, how do you pick a movie? I hadn't heard about most movies, but if the cover looked cool, Action Jackson, what's this? I likely won't understand the plot at all, but yeah, let's do it. I remember that feeling vividly. You walk into a movie store with all the videos on the wall and it had to have like this little keychain in front of it to let you know that they had it. And if it had the little keychain, like this little circle at the end of a keychain, you would bring it to the cashier and then they'd go in the back for about 20 minutes, probably have to rewind it because the previous person didn't, which meant they have to put that sign up big in every video store. Please be kind and rewind. No one has ever had to rewind shit in the last 10 years. How about that? But the rewind era that we all lived through. Please be kind and rewind. That's all you have to do. And it was kind of exciting to just pick a movie based on the cover. That's it. Based on the movie poster. Oh, like Father Like Son, Dudley Moore and Kirk Cameron. This looks like a can't miss. I know Kirk from Growing Pains. Dudley. He's from, uh, what was the famous movie? Arthur, right? I don't know. And you make a great discovery sometimes. UHF, what's this about? UHF was so good. Weird Al, have you seen it? You go for some obscure movie that no one's touched. Earth Girls Are Easy, Porkies. Well, that cover looks exciting. What's this about? Pretty in pink. 
never-ending story, batteries not included. What did I know about any of these movies? You think I was reading ratings, reviews, watching trailers? No, just going in. And I also feel like we weren't really critics. Back then, you watch a movie and it was just, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that was good. Weren't they all good? In the late 80s, if you watched a movie, didn't you come away thinking, yeah, that was fine, that was good. Now we all act like we're Siskel and Ebert. We're just evaluating everything at all times. In this Yelp generation. Action Jackson was a real movie I actually picked. I'm going to Google it right now. Hold on. Let me make sure I didn't just make that up. I want to see the cover too. Action Jackson. Hold on. Stay with me. 1988 action crime. Yep, there it is. Yep, there's the cover. Right there. Of course I wanted to see this with the cover. You should Google this too. Carl Weathers. San Diego State, baby. Action Jackson. And right at the top, it has a slogan. It's time for action. The name of the movie is Action Jackson, and that's the slogan. It's time for action. All right, let me read the synopsis, because there's no way I understood. In 1988, what am I? Seven years old. With a VHS, Rotten Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 13%. All right, so apparently this was a terrible movie starring Carl Weathers. Detective Lieutenant Jericho Action Jackson is demoted to police sergeant. What's worse, the father of the man he roughed up, Detroit industrialist Peter Delaplane, played by Craig T. Nelson, don't remember that, declares war on Jackson, framing him for the murder of his own wife, Patrice, played by Sharon Stone. Wow, how'd this get 13%? That's a good cast. But Jericho manages to elude arrest and, with the help of a drug-addicted singer named Sidney, goes after Delaplane. No shit. Action Jackson. All right. I'm going to tell my wife this weekend. You know, we really should watch Action Jackson. Convince her that it was amazing. Yeah, this was a really fine film in the 80s. What am I talking about? All right, I think we should end it, right? Has anything been accomplished? Anything? Did this get you through the stretch of life you were hoping it would get you through? Were you on a dog walk? Were you on a drive? Were you just at work? Where'd you listen? Let me ask you. Let's get meta for a moment about podcasts. What do you listen to besides this? Okay, so for those of you tuning in right now and you're listening to me, I know you at least listen to one podcast, but nobody just listens to one, right? Most people have a few. What are you listening to? I feel like all the podcasts I loved are going downhill a little bit. This is probably going downhill for some of you, or maybe uphill. Maybe it's ascending for some of you. I don't know. How you consume this, I don't know. But the list of podcasts that I've loved for two years, I'm almost to the point where it's like, give me something new. Give me some recommendations. Hit me up on Twitter. Although I have not been on Twitter for three weeks, I mean that. Okay, I looked at Lake Tahoe Fire tweets to get the latest news, but I haven't been on Twitter, and it felt so good. I'm off Twitter like it's some drug. I've been off Twitter for three weeks, but I'm going to get back on Twitter. If you want to tweet at me at jrosenberg957, tell me. Or you can just text me. Most of you have my number. Email me. Hit me up on Friendster or MySpace. But what is a really good podcast? And don't tell me it's a murder podcast where some amateur journalist is like discovering a murder in El Paso in 1972. No thanks. A six-part series, a murder six-part series, no thanks. And I know those are probably the most popular. 
I feel like comedians interviewing comedians is all I listen to. A little bit of Sam Harris, although even he's too cerebral for me sometimes. So what's good? What's really good? What are you listening to? I'll be honest. Before Chris D'Elia was canceled, you got to like how I say, I'll be honest. That's such bullshit radio guy talk. Oh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, right now, I think the Red Sox bullpen is going to take it up a notch in the postseason. Uh, I got to be honest with you. Anytime a sports radio guy says, I got to be honest with you, who gives a shit if you're being dishonest or honest? You're just talking about your opinions about sports. Uh, I'll be honest with you. This injury is going to affect the Buffalo Bills quite a bit. <gasps> Thanks for your honesty. I never looked at it that way. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. And we'll open up the phones, but I'm going to be honest with you. The Clippers coaching staff might need to be uh, completely reformed. Uh, I got to be honest. I don't like the direction the Clippers are headed in. Oh, you're being honest about that? Uh, really? Oh, but I'll be honest. Chris D'Elia's podcast was funny as shit. Chris D'Elia is a comic whose stand-up comedy actually isn't funny. But his podcast was the funniest Yet when he got canceled for contacting all these underage girls looking to hook up, I was like, I'm going to take a stand. Just like I'm not watching Woody Allen movies ever again because I saw that HBO documentary. And I know we don't watch Woody films anymore. If you saw this, you probably are convinced that Woody should be locked up, not making movies still. All right. So I don't always have the mob mentality of if someone gets canceled, I'm done with them. But I'm done with Woody. And I think I'm done with Chris because his podcast is back, but I'm not back yet. Okay, so there's a void in my listening, and I need a recommendation. Okay, that's a solid way to end this puppy. 153, we're done. We can now go back to what we were doing. All right, I love you. Whoa, I'm going to end with a little Don Williams. I love you. I love your smile. I want to be with you for a while. Yes, it's true. Uh, my heart does yearn. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. I think that's a cigarette burn on my sheets because I smoke in bed. I put that cowboy hat on my bald head. I drove my car into a lake and when I swam to the shore I had a headache can I get some Advil